to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. Jesus is the vine, we are the branches. What is the fruit going to be? The fruit that we're talking about here is really the life of Jesus developing in us and overflowing from us. That's what the fruit is in the end. Now, I say that because oftentimes we are mistaken in our identifying of fruit. Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the book of Galatians. Join us as Pastor Brian concludes his teaching on Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 23 in a message titled, The Fruit of the Spirit. Now, here's Pastor Brian. There's going to be fruit that is going to come because the power is in the seed of the gospel. See, the gospel itself has that power, and once that seed is planted in our lives, that that gospel truth, that gospel life is going to bust forth ultimately into fruit bearing. It was uh, the famous uh, British preacher G. Campbell Morgan who told the story of being in a cemetery and seeing a, a grave with a gravestone that, that was a large slab and a thick slab of marble. And yet right in the middle of that large thick slab of marble, there was an oak tree that had burst up through it and, and was there right in, in the center of it at the time that he saw it. Now, of course, and he pointed this out, that that, that oak tree wasn't planted on top of the marble slab. It was an acorn that was under the marble slab. And if you were betting and you didn't know anything about botany, you would have bet that the marble slab was certainly going to overpower the acorn. But the opposite was the case. The acorn broke through the slab and the tree eventually came up through that. And that's a good reminder of of the power that is in the spirit of God who's working in our heart, that the Lord's going to break through. He's even going to break through the, the marble slab of our own sinfulness. And sometimes we would be tempted to feel like, you know, there, there's no way that, that there's ever going to be a breakthrough in this area, but the Spirit of God is able to break through. But the point here as well in regard to the inevitability is that we have to then always be thinking in terms of the necessity of fruit as the evidence for the presence of the Spirit. So in other words, if I am claiming to have the Spirit's presence in my life, then there's going to be fruit that is going to ultimately show. So if I never see fruit, if there is never any breakthrough, then I have to go back and say, well, maybe the seed hasn't been planted. Because if God has planted his spirit in our hearts, 
fruit is going to come. It might not come as rapidly as we think it's going to come, but it is going to come. So, and, and as we've pointed out before, when the, when the scripture talks about salvation by grace through faith, and some people make the false conclusion, well, that means that, you know, you think because you believe that, that all you do is you just believe in Jesus and there's never any evidence in your life for that belief. That's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches where there is the life of the spirit, there's going to ultimately be the fruit that's going to come forth. But the good news is it is inevitable. And God is going to work in our lives to bring forth that fruit. Now, how does that happen? Now, Paul, is he's already told us to walk in the spirit. And in doing so, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. But I want to go back to something we touched on earlier. I want to go back to John chapter 15, to the words of Jesus. And that's where I want us to kind of settle in and bring home our, our main point here today. And, and let, me, let me say this. I think when Paul says the fruit of the Spirit here, I am sure that Paul, in, in his mind, he is thinking about the words that Jesus said. So Jesus says that he is the vine, we are the branches, and that as a result of abiding in him as the branches, we are going to bear fruit, we're going to bear much fruit, and he said, and through that fruit, his father would be glorified. But before Jesus said that, he said this. He said, I am the true vine, and he said, my father is the vine dresser. And when Jesus said, my father is the vine dresser, he's talking about his father being the one who, who cultivates the vine. Now, you see, this is what God does. In order for us to bear fruit, God, like a good farmer or a good gardener, he does those necessary things for the fruit to come. Not only does he plant the seed, but before the seed is planted, the, to the, the, the soil is tended to, but then after the seed is planted, there's the proper amount of fertilization, there's the proper amount of water. All of those kinds of things are preparing the way for the growth to take place. Jesus says, my father is the one who does that. And so God in order to bring forth fruit from our lives, he's the one who is working on the details that surround our lives through which the fruit is going to come. And one of the things that Jesus said there as well about something the Father does, he said that, that occasionally the branches have to be pruned or, or trimmed back in order that more fruit may come. And so the picture there is that in order for fruit to come forth from our lives, God, like I said, he, he's working through the, the circumstances, and sometimes he's even pruning us. He's even trimming things back. You know, maybe you've had this experience before in your life as a Christian. Maybe you've had a, what you would see as a setback in some way. You know, you felt like you were moving ahead and Good things were happening and God was blessing. And then suddenly you just had a setback. And I'm not even talking about like a sin, but you just, everything just seemed to 
sort of fall apart right before your eyes. And you're perplexed and you're wondering, well, what, what's happening? And th- this thing that I was doing, you could, you could sense that there was a blessing on it and you, you could see that fruit was coming from it. But then all of a sudden, it's like, wow, what happened? You know, what happened is God, sometimes he prunes things back. And I know that I've gone through seasons of pruning in my life where God just, you know, he just takes like the pruning shears to you and he just trims everything back. And you know, that's not a a pleasant process necessarily. Sometimes that can be very painful. Sometimes it can be frustrating. Sometimes it can be disappointing because you're thinking, wait, no, we were moving you know, we were moving ahead and there, there was so much promise for the future and we could see all of this stuff and then suddenly it's just, what happened? Everything seems to just have been cut off. And we can't see at the time any positive benefit from this. To us, it just looks like this is completely a negative thing. But did you know that it's through those kinds of things that God is actually preparing us quite often to bear more fruit in the future? He does those kinds of things. Jesus said that his father does the pruning when the pruning is necessary. But coming back to the picture that Jesus gives us, here's what we need to do. So think in your mind with me. So Jesus says, I'm the vine. You are the branches. Then he speaks about fruit. And he speaks about the the father being glorified through the fruit. So if Jesus is the vine, we are the branches, what is the fruit going to be? The fruit, listen, this is an important thing to recognize. The fruit that we're talking about here is really the life of Jesus developing in us and overflowing from us. That's what the fruit is in the end. Now, I say that for a couple of reasons. Number one, because it's true and it's right and we need to understand it. But I also say it because oftentimes we are mistaken in our identifying of fruit. We identify fruit in a certain way. You know, sometimes, and and this happens a lot in uh, pastor circles and in ministry where, you know, you might look at a pastor, for example, and you might say, well, Man, you know that you know that guy's really bearing fruit. And what you're what you're drawing your conclusion on is the fact that they have a large congregation of people. And so you say, "Wow, that's a, a really fruitful ministry because there's a large congregation of people." Or you might say that, "Well, that you know this this person's really fruitful because they have led X amount of people to Christ." Now, I'm not saying that those things can't be signs of fruit, but I am saying that if that's what we think fruit ultimately is, if we think fruit is ultimately like things that I do for God that end up being a blessing or a promotion to his kingdom or something like that, then I'm totally mistaken. Even though those might have something to do with it down the line, the fruit that we're talking about here is the fruit of the spirit, the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the gentleness, the the goodness, the self-control. What is all of that? That's really the, the character of Jesus being worked out in our lives. That's what God is aiming at. 
He, you know, as Jesus is looking for you to bear fruit, he's not thinking, okay, you got to get out there and man, you got to lead all kinds of people to the Lord. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't seek to lead people to the Lord, but let's be clear about what the fruit really is here. Because, you know, you might never lead somebody to the Lord. Did you know that that is a possibility? And it's not your fault. It's not your problem. It's not because of some deficiency on your part. You know, people can't be led to the Lord unless they want to, right? You can't force somebody to be led to the Lord. There are examples in Scripture of the prophet Jeremiah is a good example of somebody who, if you looked at his ministry and just evaluated it, you think, man, this guy really, he failed in his ministry. He preached to his nation and they didn't repent. He preached to his nation to turn back to God and they didn't turn to God. Instead, the Babylonians came and destroyed his nation. Some people might say, well, Jeremiah had an unfruitful ministry because he didn't have positive results. Jeremiah had a fruitful ministry because he did what God called him to do. He didn't have any control over the response of the people. So I think the, the reason I'm also emphasizing this is because sometimes we can put the emphasis on all the wrong things. And we make the mistake of thinking, well, this is fruit because, again, of these kinds of things that we see. But then you look at the character of the person who's supposedly bearing all of the fruit, and you find that, wow, there's not a whole lot of love in that person's life. There's not a, a whole lot of joy in their life, or there's not a, a whole lot of kindness in their life. You know, people can do things for God and not necessarily be right with God? Did you know that that's possible? It's a possibility. It's a reality. Because God blesses his truth. He blesses his word. And at times, the, the instrument through which the word is coming, they don't have any of the fruit of the spirit in their lives, but something's happening out here, and they mistakenly think, well, hey, I'm, everything must be okay. I must be okay, because look at all of this that's going on. No, that's not the measuring stick. The measuring stick is Jesus. So, what God is seeking, the fruit that Jesus is talking about is his life being manifested through us. And remember, the fruit of the Spirit, think about this, the Spirit is the Spirit of Christ. So, if the, we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit. We're talking about the life of Christ being revealed and lived out through us. And I think that this is an excellent picture of what that looks like. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That is what the life of Jesus looked like. And that's the life that God is wanting to produce in us. So how does it happen? Well, Jesus said this. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall bring forth fruit. If you abide in me. So the secret is abiding. Now, we've been talking about this over the past few weeks. We've been talking about the, just this whole idea of walking in the spirit and what that looks like. You remember and how what we're really talking about is just a life that is saturated in Christ, a life that is, as I've said, I've used the word immersed. 
Immersed means, you know, you put something under the water. So we're just, our lives are immersed in Christ. We're saturated with Christ. The word abide, you know, the word abide means to live. And so what is Jesus saying? He says, if you abide in me, if you live in me, if you make me the center of your life, you will bear fruit. You will bear much fruit and your father will be glorified. And that's what we're talking about here. Remember, he is the vine. And we are the branches. And so the fruit that will come from our lives, which would be the, you know, there as we're the branches, the fruit coming out is going to be the character of Christ, the life of Christ. And you know, in the end, even though that will be the, the primary thing that becomes a blessing, to others, because think about this for a moment. A fruit tree doesn't bear fruit for itself, does it? The fruit tree bears fruit for somebody else to enjoy. And so likewise, we are bearing fruit, not for ourselves so much. We're bearing fruit for others to enjoy. We're bearing fruit that God will delight in. But as, as we're all bearing fruit, we all get the blessing and the benefit because I might not be benefited from the, from the fruit that I'm bearing, but you're, you're benefiting from it. But then I'm benefiting from the fruit that you're bearing. So that's how it, it all works, that we become uh, mutually a, a blessing to one another, and we partake of the fruit of the Spirit in one another's lives. And so the fruit connected back to the vine. Jesus, I am the vine. It's the life of Jesus. And as we abide in him, as we make our home in him, and Paul, when he's talking about walking in the spirit, that's what he's talking about. Walking in the spirit, living in the realm of the spirit. Remember how I said that uh, the, the word walk is the word that Paul uses for lifestyle. This is our lifestyle. This is, this is our conduct. This is the way we live. We live. How do we live? We live in the spirit. We live in the realm of the spirit. And so we make Jesus the center. And when Jesus is the center, fruit comes forth. And again, it comes forth from within. It develops Gradually, but certainly, we go through the process. We go through the seasons. You know, Cheryl and I, we have a, a couple of trees in our backyard. We have a, a white peach tree and a white nectarine tree. Hers is the peach tree. Mine is the nectarine tree. Hers has blossoms. Mine has none. Um, hers bears fruit every year. Mine has not borne fruit for a few years. I, don't, I hope this is not like a, you know, any kind of a omen regarding us, but, um, but we just noticed yesterday that the, the peach tree is full of blossoms. And, you know, trees, unless they're evergreen, trees, they, they kind of like hibernate during the winter is what they do. They, they just sort of go to sleep. And they go to sleep, in a sense, in preparation for the spring, for that new cycle of, of production to take place. We have to wait for the, the process. 
it, it, it is that, that process. It's, it's a gradual thing, but it's a certain thing. And so as we abide in Christ, as we live in Christ, as we walk in the Spirit, this is all synonymous. As we do this, this the fruit will come. And the fruit is the life of Jesus laid out in these things that Paul mentions here, the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, and so forth. And so we will come back and we will look specifically at these nine things next time and really just kind of, you know, talk about, you know, what these look like in our lives. But today, as we close, I I want to just again leave you with this picture of fruit. And remember, Paul's intentionally using this because this is the way it works. And maybe you remember uh, over the years, Pastor Chuck would often talk about fruit and, you know, making that contrast sometimes between the, the factory and the garden. But, you know, he would talk about fruit and talk about how you don't really see a piece of fruit striving to come into existence or striving to ripen. You know, all it's doing is just hanging in there on the branch. And as long as it's hanging in there on the branch, it's, it, the, the process is taking place. It's going to ripen. It's going to come to its fullest mature place. And, of course, that's just, again, just another reminder to us that when we, when we look at these things, because as we look at these verses, 22 and 23, and as we look at the love and the joy and the peace and all that, I think a lot of times we look at it and we think, man, I am so far from that. How am I going to get there? And then sometimes we just say, I'm never going to get there. We kind of throw up our hands. Sometimes we say, okay, I got to work harder at getting there. You know, I got to be more loving. I got to be more patient. And so we, we try to put forth that effort to, to be more loving or to be more patient. And then we find that we're falling short and we're not really attaining it. How do I get there? Just hang in there. Just stay connected. Just live in Christ. Just walk, dwell in the Spirit and let the Spirit have His way in you and cultivate the things of the spirit saturate yourself in the things of the spirit and those things that we go back to over and over again just that you know Jesus said if you abide in me and my words abide in you so his word is that one of those things that is so vital to this process that God's word abides in us and as we just make our lives center around him, this becomes the natural byproduct. It becomes the inevitable outcome because his life is planted in us. His life will ultimately manifest itself through us. So that's what fruit bearing is all about. Let's join Pastor Brian and Cheryl in the studio as they share about this month's resource. So Brian, John Bonner, a missionary pioneer in Peru, has written a book. 
He has written a book called The Myth of Coincidence, and it is such a great book. It's a small book, but you know how both of us love missionary biographies? That's right. Well, this is one adventure, I'll tell you. It's an amazing story of how, uh, you know, John's own personal life and some of the things that happened, some of the tragedy, his meeting Pilar, his wife in Mexico City, them being there during one of the big earthquakes, and then the Lord leading them into Peru. And now 20 years they've been in Peru and pioneering the gospel there, planted many churches. And I couldn't put the book down. It was a page turner. So John Bonner, and the title again is The Myth of Coincidence. And he just basically shows through the book that there are no coincidences, that God is at work behind the scenes. Again, this month's resource is a book titled The Myth of Coincidence by John Bonner. You can order the book The Myth of Coincidence by going to our website, backtobasicsradio.com. Scroll down until you see the photo of it, and then click on the Donate button. When you give a gift to Back to Basics, we'll send you the book The Myth of Coincidence by John Bonner to help you understand that God is working behind the scenes in your life, too. It's our way of saying thank you for your generous support of this ministry. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue tomorrow with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the book of Galatians. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.